Hi, and welcome to Talk of the Hound, a new podcast by Theatre Hound. Theatre Hound is a new, unique theatre website launching this year, which looks at the art and business of theatre from a multitude of angles. I'm your host, Wes Braver, and today my guest is Robin Shaw, an incredible actress and stand-up comic and sketch comedian. She's regular in the New York comedy scene and an international headliner who's just returned from her third tour overseas performing for the troops. So... Let's let's just talk about your background a little bit. Um, on your website, it talk, you talk about how you had braces like Forrest Gump as uh-huh. a kid um, that you couldn't read until sixteen. You like overcame all these things, right? And now you're like this brilliant stand-up comedian. <laughs> your videos are hilarious. You're hilarious. Well, first off, thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, I feel you know, growing up, I, did, I was diagnosed with a bone disease called Perthes at the age of six, huh. which then led to years wearing leg braces like Forrest Gump, in and out of hospital surgeries, craziness. And then um, because of that, I wasn't in school often, but no one held me back because I was adorable. <laughs> you know? well, exactly. And it was public school in New York. So, uh, a blessing and a curse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just kept getting passed in school, even though I was like in fourth grade, I think I, because I was like immobile from the waist down, I think I maybe went to school maybe 30 days of school in total and never held back. And like same thing in sixth grade. Like, so by the time I got to 16, I was illiterate. I couldn't read and no one, it's funny. I knew I couldn't read, but it was like, no one paid attention to this. No one cared. I, no one was failing me. Everyone just kept passing me. And then I sat down for the PSATs and I got like a four like out of 1600. Right? <laughs> like it was like crazy. And that was when like my parents are like, okay, Robin's physically healthy. We got to do something with this reading. And that was, so I started going to reading lessons outside the school because huh. public school did nothing. And, uh, and that's when I learned how to read when I was 16. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And and then because I was like wearing leg braces and immobile, I got so fat because like I just like eating and eating. And then when I was about nineteen, I hit like two hundred and forty pounds, and that was when. And I'm short; I'm four eleven, so that's a lot of weight. That's yeah, yeah. like yeah. my height and my width were like in the uh-huh. same dimensions. And that's when I was like, no, nah, I'm done. And I spent the next two years losing like eighty five pounds, and now it's been about ten years, a little more, and I've kept it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and so all this, like, sounds like craziness, but it all led me to being a comedian. Like, it's all the right ingredients. You know, you can't have, like, a perfect childhood and be a comic. There's no way. Not possible. (laughs) Like, the two don't go hand in hand. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that recently, the the self-deprecation aspect. And I'm sure, like, I mean, so much of comedy is that. Totally. Um do you find like how how does it feel to to do to to talk about your past in this way that like you know I'm sure all that shit was hard but like you're talking about it now with like such joy and energy right. that like you've I think you've turned it into something you it, know it's so funny my therapist <laughs> right and I've had the same when I was six and diagnosed with Parthes and got put in leg braces my mom being Jewish New Yorker put us all in therapy my brothers my mom my dad everyone had to go to therapy because she was like because of your disease because of my everyone, disease everyone had to go great. talk about their feelings well fast forward you know 25 years later I'm still with the same therapist and she comes she came to uh, one of my shows at Caroline's on Broadway and I was headlining. And then afterwards she goes, I cannot believe you took all these dark, dark stories and are on stage making people laugh. She's yeah. like, this is because uh, I would sit in her office and cry about so many of these things. And then I get on stage and now it's like, it's therapeutic. I take the darkest yeah. things in the world. And this is why I think we're in a dangerous culture of everyone being offended because I think you have to take the darkest things in life and find the humor. Cause I think humor is the way you get through things. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, when I was 14 or 15, if someone called me fat, I mean, I would go home crying and not want to eat and it would be terrible. Now I get on stage and I'm the one joking about my weight mm-hmm. and I'm, we're all laughing and it's bringing people together. So, and I see this with like some of the dark things that are happening in the world. I see comics go on stage and talk about it and everyone's laughing. And I do think there's a, a thing that laughter does. It takes away the the power of these dark things, you know, and mm-hmm. gives you the power. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, totally. Totally. When with your therapist, did you ever like try and make her laugh? It seems like that would be an early audience. Uh, if you got her at six, like oh, not everybody has an audience at six. Right, that's so like captive. At, w- at one point, <laughs> I was like twenty 
five. No, because I, I already started comedy. So I was probably like 27. And I was like, you know what? I need a new therapist. I need new fresh eyes. So I go, <laughs> I found this. New audience. A new audience, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one had already heard my story. Yeah, yeah. So I got a new therapist. And I was my second time uh, going to her. And she falls asleep during our session. No. You she, bombed. I bombed. Literally. <laughs> like, this is like the, like, already, like, I'm a performer. People pay to see me perform. And this woman falls asleep, right? So I, I wake her up. I was like, excuse me. And she wakes up. She goes, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sick. I took cold medicine. I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, it's fine. But inside, I was like... I'm so uninteresting that even my therapist falls asleep, you know? So I, like, couldn't go back to her because I was, like, so upset with my performance that day versus the therapist I've been with for years is constantly laughing and, you know, understanding. Like, I'll say something and she'll go, oh, you could make a bit about that. And I'm like, you're right. All right. Like, yeah. All right. So here's what I was going to ask your process. But you've clearly said your process. Now you workshop the thing with yeah, the therapist. I work, yeah, I don't do it's open just, mics. We, I go to go. therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, so you got a BFA in acting, though. Yes. Um, did you know before doing that degree, like, I want to do comedy-ish? I, or, like, you were like, let me be an actor. Okay, so the... So, again, being sick as a kid, I, and I saying I didn't go to school a lot, so I didn't have this, um, up, you have a bedtime, 8 o'clock. You know, like, I didn't have that because I, I was in a hospital. My parents made our den a hospital bed, especially at the age of 9 because I was, you know, in and out of hospital. So they turned our den in hospital. So I was watching sitcoms from, like, 8 o'clock at night till about 4 in the morning because I, I didn't have a bedtime. Like, there was I okay, no reason okay. to wake you, up. You weren't going to school, but you were getting educated. I was. Like, I really was. Yeah, I really yeah. was. And, like, I, Nick at night would have like Mondays was Mary Tyler Moore Tuesdays was like um Taxi when, like they had yeah, like the yeah. a block of like you know 12 mm-hmm. episodes and I was watching and I knew I wanted to grow up and do that yeah. I wanted to be a sitcom actress yeah. also that was like the era of um the nanny and um what's her name uh Rosie O'Donnell's talk show like so I was like these are the funniest people like I just knew I wanted to be that and a little foreshadowing was, you know, on Long Island for bat mitzvahs or bar mitzvahs, they, you do like themes for your party. And my theme was Robin's Comedy Club because I was so obsessed with uh-huh. funny people. Not stand-up. I didn't even know stand-up existed at yeah, this yeah. point. But I knew these people were funny. And during my sick times, they kept me company at night. Yeah. My dad had to work. My mom had to work. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the people that stayed up with me all night was, you know, Fred Drescher, Rosie O'Donnell, the, you know, Billy Crystal, Jerry Seinfeld, like these who kept me company. So I was obsessed with them. So I went to college for acting, went to UConn, got my BFA. Uh, and then I was about 24, 25. And I called my dad, who's a, an accountant, very serious man. And I said, then, you know, I'm not making any money as a comedian. I mean, not as a comedian, as an actress. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I think I'm just going to quit, find a rich husband and just retire, you know, be a wife. Yeah. He goes, no, 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 no. You should try stand-up comedy. And I was like, are you an idiot? Like, stand-up comedy is probably the hardest field to make money or, like, to make it. Just because it's such a small window of people to making Mm -hmm. it, you know? I said, you're an idiot? No, no. He goes, I saw it in in the newspaper. Caroline's on Broadway does a comedy class. I'll pay for you. Just try it. I have a feeling it's going to be a good good fit for you. And I was like, no, this is stupid. He goes, just try it. So anyway, I take the class. I try it within three months. Like I get an agent and I get passed at all these clubs and I start making money. And he was just right. He just saw it. So it wasn't me at all. If anything, I thought stand up. I was like, I'm not a joke writer. Like Uh I'm an actress. I'm, you know, trained in Shakespeare. Had Had you written stuff before then? No. Like nothing. Nothing. I had never tried stand up. I think I'd been to a handful of comedy shows. I didn't, I had nothing to do with stand up. So do you think your comedy is more like acting forward than writing forward? I mean, not, obviously they go hand in hand and you have to write for yourself to perform it. I think I'm, it's still, it's, it's writing based, but I'm a performer. So where a lot of comics on stage get up there and stand still and tell their jokes and their words carry him through because they're funny enough. Like uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Like he just stands there and he says his lines. I mean, he's and got a funny. voice too though, you know. Yeah. But What's the deal with her? You yes. know, like we, we, there's an intonation right, that right. happens. But there's yeah. zero but act outs and yeah, there's yeah. zero walking the stage. Totally, Versus totally. like, do you know Sebastian Maniscalco? Mm-hmm. He, like he's a comic who's a performer. He's yeah, yeah. walking the stage. He's on the floor. He's rolling around. Um, then you have a Jerry Seinfeld who's very, here are my jokes. 
Where do you think you fit on that spectrum? A Sebastian Mascalc. I'm yeah, a performer. You're like, yeah. Getting out. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as much as people should buy my album this, you know, in the fall <laughs> when it comes out. But uh, seeing me live is such an experience because I'm all over the stage. I'm, yeah. you know, up, down, voices, all this, yeah, you know, yeah. stuff. So for this, this is your first album, right? Yes. So are you, are you, are you thinking about this in the, in the craft of it? Of like, okay, this one's going to be more audio focused, like... I can't, I can't rely on the funny face to get a laugh here yes, or something. Ab- yes, absolutely. Luckily, I do think like the like I was saying, the words are strong enough that it's going to paint the picture. Totally. Um, but like for example, there's a joke where I say, and the guy does, like the guy says, and visually I just shake my head no. Uh huh. But like I know you're going to have to figure out the, the album. album. I have to say, well, the guy said. Hell no. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to have to, like, do his voice uh-huh. instead of just an act out of him. So, yes, I am doing that. But, again, luckily, I do voices and characters that I I think, again, I've been thinking about it. And, and now while I'm doing shows, I'm paying attention to try to verbally start practicing that. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, it'll be, it'll translate over fine. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, and I hope it does for this podcast too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Do you, what are your, like, favorite characters? What are the characters I do? Well, I have over- so, we know Bubby. Yeah. Bubby is this um, old lady who has a home shopping network, and you can buy any of her stuff. Are you interested in buying stuff? I'm so interested, okay, Bubby. Well, I, I have some sweet and low at the bottom of my purse. How about this? I'll give you I'll give you 10 packets of the sweet and low that I took from the diner, and I'll give it to you for a quarter. <laughs> What do you say? Do you got a quarter? I, I don't have any change on me. Oh, okay. Then I'll just take whatever money. What do you, you have got? Venmo? Does Bobby have what's, Venmo? What's Venmo? <laughs> what's Venmo? Is that what you kids are doing to find to find a, a girl or a guy on the internet? <laughs> do you swipe on Venmo? I'm, I'm sure someone will have met someone on Venmo by the time <laughs> this is all done. That's something I would do. <laughs> Hey, like, I saw you, like, on Venmo. Yeah, I saw a lot of people giving you money. I'm just wondering, what do you do? Are <laughs> so you single? Do, <laughs> do you have medical insurance? What's going on? I do love that Venmo is such a social application. Oh. Like, why does it need to be that? Yeah. Why do I need to see what my friends are doing? Oh, I know. Or, like, exactly. <laughs> understand. I try to make everything... Um, like private, like I don't want people to know. Oh, I like, try and do the weirdest possible yeah. captions, just like oh, like so people can't anytime, figure it out. Like I have to pay someone for sushi, it like has to be a sex thing, like right, in the right. Venmo, yeah. just like embarrass the shit out of them right, because right. I know how public. It yeah, is. or sometimes like I remember my friend Jen and I kept like embarrassing. One day we just randomly kept giving each other a dollar, being like, "Thank you for you know yeah, the sexual yeah. favors last yeah, yeah, night." Yeah. You know, no problem. And that's so, how you say it yeah. too: the sexual favors. <laughs> Yeah, or like, you know, here's a dollar for your mom. You know, she told me I had to be friends with you, but it's okay, you know? So, like, things like that. Uh, all right, so we have Bubby. What are any any other favorites? Uh, I got Tony, you know. Can I just tell you something? Can I tell you something? Is this a guy on the street? Yo, 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 oh, yeah, Nick, can I tell you something? This construction guy, or what you are we talking? You looking good. You looking good. Uh, you know what my favorite holiday is? I don't know. I like Christmas. You know why? Because I like jiggling my balls. Hey, yo! <laughs> that's Tony. Uh, that's, no, that's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> so, on, I don't know if you guys see, but on Instagram uh, or Facebook, I post these videos of these characters out in public. So, Tony, I'm always so nervous. First off, I do the makeup, and I, I really look like a man. And you, like, go on the street, and you, I like... I go on the street, and I am... And you harass women. I'm full man, and I harass women. <laughs> do you really? Oh, my goodness. Okay, that... You remember you said you need a video or something to go with <laughs> oh, God, it? Yeah. That should be the video, because I'm on the street, and I'm, I'm like, really, like, saying these, like, vulgar pickup lines to women. And my brother, who, like just in there with a video camera a little far back so it's not obvious yeah, and yeah. I have a, a mic like you know hidden sure sure um, and I'm doing and these women are just like you pig like they're <laughs> so disgusted with me and my brother's like so embarrassed for me because it's so hum- all oh. my characters are embarrassed there's yeah, nothing yeah. I do where it's like oh good for Robin <laughs> like you know like Robin's just so humiliated right yeah, now yeah. so yeah all my characters I I think it's so fun putting these crazy characters with real people so mm-hmm. that's those are usually what my videos are mm-hmm. um do you do you like mask off and say hey hey sorry nope. no just just let nope. him go 
No, <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> no. And like some of the, like, I, I like talking, some of the characters will get, like I have this one character, Georgette, who's a news caster mm-hmm. so i'll go on the street and ask questions they're usually ridiculous or sometimes it's not ridiculous but her responses to people are insane and uh, i just love seeing people interact with these crazy yeah, characters yeah. especially in new york people will stop oh yeah because so, yeah. we're mean, all weird and we want to be noticed yeah. too. So we're like, and it's a lot of tourists and tourists think like okay there's a video camera and a microphone some this must be for something big yeah. meanwhile it's for my instagram yeah you know? yeah yeah so yeah that's great when when did like stand-up comedy become because you said like oh i didn't even know that was a thing my bat mitzvah or whatever right when when do you think that became like a part of your consciousness of like oh that's a thing so once my dad suggested i try stand up i then started just like making money like i started booking i was working all the time and um being like sent around the world, you know, all this different stuff was happening that I realized, okay, stand-up really is my niche. And now what's funny is I still just want to be in sitcoms. Like people are like, you know, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm just still a sitcom actress. Like Mm -hmm. I still want to make funny movies. Like I want to be a daytime talk show host. Like I'm so, uh, like I love the television. Like I just love it so much. But it's funny that like stand-up really is the thing that to this day is just the thing that clicks the most. Yeah, yeah. Which is so funny because it's, it's such a hard business. Yeah. Like anytime people were like, hey, I'm about to start comedy. Do you have any advice? I'm like, don't do it. Like, yeah, it's right, so right. difficult. Um, but in reality, it's been very, um, a lot of, well, you know, in this business, in the entertainment business, it's a lot of no's. And uh, comedy has given me a lot of yeses. So I think that's why it's become my, big thing and truthfully I say I want to do TV and I still want to do TV but there is no better feeling than saying something in front of a live audience and then laughter yeah like it really you came up with yeah Yeah. there's nothing there's really nothing better yeah it's pure in that way too yeah and there I I think I mean what what I do this is and this is not what this (laughs) freaking podcast is about but but just for conversation's sake I mean I I write musicals and that's fun I have a collaborator that she and I write the musicals together and then we take it to a director and then the director gets all the actors and then we have the tech people and there's just like so many layers of bullshit that you do not have to go through right it is you writing some shit down and then you saying it totally do you do you are there collaborators that I'm just leaving out of the picture not with stand up not with stand up well once you become famous then you start getting writers you know like I'm sure the big guys get Mm -hmm. writers and you know these um, talk show hosts they're opening monologues or writers you know but um, but stand-up comedy is so pure. Like, mm-hmm. you write a joke, you get on stage, you're directing yourself, you're the only one up there. Mm-hmm. You kill, that's you. Yeah. You bomb, you have to walk off the stage, you have to pass all those people. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's on you. And I always say, with stand-up, like, it's how much you put into it. Like, you work really hard and go to open mics and do in many shows. Like, in the beginning, I did so many crappy gigs. I still do crappy gigs mm-hmm. because you never know what one crappy gig could lead to. One of my bigger breaks in this was I was performing free at the back of a fondue restaurant in Long Island. As one does. As one does when you're starting <laughs> comedy. And my luck had it, there was this guy eating dinner there, not there for a comedy show. No one who was there was there for the comedy show. They don't do it. <laughs> they were there for yeah, fun They were there for fun too. He booked private events. Like, and he, I was there and he comes up to me and goes, hey, do you have a card? Well, I didn't have a card. I was like six <laughs> months in. And I was like, oh, I actually just ran out. I said, but you know, here's my email. And then he started booking me for private events. Mm-hmm. So then early on, I was able to make money. So I was able to stop my day job. Like, so it's like, you always do these crappy gigs because you don't know what it could lead to. Totally. And totally. that's what's so great about comedies. You could do as much as you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the, so, so starting out, I mean, it seemed like you, like, you had enough material that when you started it, you were, like, starting off strong. And I'm, I'm sure, like, not everyone right. okay. gets well, gigs all I of a sudden. So I'm going to tell you, if there's any comics listening, don't do what I did, okay? <laughs> Even though it works for me. So they say, like, be honest. Like, so this guy wanted to book me for private events, right? And he needed, he's like, do you have 45 minutes to an hour? 
I was like, yeah, of course they do. No, I had five minutes of material. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I said yes. And on that first gig, was booked in Massachusetts. It was in a restaurant for like, I don't even know what it was. It was a birthday party. And I do 45 minutes. And I didn't have the material. Well, I went. I did my five minutes. And then I just started doing crowd work. Like, I was like, oh, are you guys single? What's your situation? And then whatever their situation was, then I just improv a story from my dating life, you know. And then I said, oh, what do you do? And I just started just talking to and luckily, um, through my my acting background and storytelling, I was able to get through it. And I was doing all these long sets with, and I didn't have the material, yeah. but it, I I just kept doing it. And you just, I just kept saying yes. I never said no to a gig. Uh huh. I would just say yeah, I could do it. And then I would show up and pull it out somehow. Would you really? They always say like, don't say that because because <laughs> then you'll bomb and then no one want to hire you again. I just kept saying yes. And I tur- somehow turned it out. And well, it sounds like you didn't bomb, or at least right. Well, there were some bombs, but there yeah. was uh, enough. Again, I think because I was a trained actress, that like I was able to act like I had the confidence. I or, or fake it till you make it kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. I would fake the confidence. And yeah, yeah. I'm not bombing. You're bombing. Yeah, you're just not Stupid getting these audience. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> also, and like again, I, I think this is just half my personality. Is like I like to if. I like to fool people that were having fun. So, like, at that restaurant, my jokes weren't strong, but I was laughing. I was like, oh, you guys are married? you married to him? Why yeah. would you? So there was no joke, but I was laughing, and we were all having fun. That I, I think I was able to fool them, maybe. Yeah. Totally. So that they, they would call the person, you know, the book me, and say, oh, we had a great time. Yeah. Was there one joke? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Yeah, totally. Huh. All right, so this is a theater podcast, so I'm very interested yeah. in, like, the theatricality okay. and whatnot, which is why I was asking yeah. about your, um, your acting background. Um, but I am curious about in this rehearsal process, like, obviously it's a lot of just, like, going to open mics and mm-hmm. doing it, but is, like, what is the process of actually, like, writing it? I mean, is it, like, we got a voice memo situation, we got a notepad situation? So every comic you speak to will have a different... Answer totally. so and um, and kind of like what you were asking me before, like in my more the- um, performance driven or writing driven, I'm definitely in the performance driven in the sense. So one of my girlfriends every day writes for an hour, like yeah. she writes her bits I hate and these then people. Do, yeah. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I, I don't, don't want anything either. to do with them. I I <laughs> if I sat down and write for an hour, I would literally like write about like the Real Housewives of New Jersey yeah. episode last night. Yeah. Like I can't believe Teresa like is out of jail. Like, why hasn't she left Joe yet? Like it had nothing to do with comedy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I will. So let's say you and I are just like hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. And I say something um, and you laugh. So then I will quickly take out my phone and write Do you down. Really? Yeah. Just be like, um, so let's say I say, uh, okay, so one time I was with one of my girlfriends and I was making fun of my reading and I was like, you know, oh, I have to read like a page 10 times before I understand something. And she goes, I get that. I was like, yeah, Dr. Seuss is so tough. And she giggled, <laughs> right? So I just like put in my phone, Dr. Seuss is tough. I have to read it 10 times. So then... The next show, I'm on stage, and I was—I have a bit already about not being bright. And so then I, on stage, said, I have to read a book 10 times before I can fully understand what Dr. Seuss is talking about. No. And then that got a laugh. And then I was like, all right, that, that works. So the next night, I tried it again. And... But I added a line with that. And then I added another. So, like, while I'm on stage, each night I'll add something or, or okay, well, that didn't work. You know what? Tomorrow night, I'm going to try putting that first word last because I think the first word is the funny part. Mm -hmm. So I kind of write on stage and then dissect it after, fix, and then the next night. Do do you record yourself on stage? Mm -hmm, Every night. Every night. And not that I always listen to it, which you're supposed to. Sure, But sometimes I'll say something off the cuff and I want to be like, wait, what did I say? Yeah. Or I'll be like, why isn't this joke working? I know it's funny. And then I'll listen to it. I'll be like, oh, they're laughing at the first part of the line. I bet you if I put that at the end, then... So that's why I have to record every night. Because whether something's... Like, I want to, I said them for the first time and I want to check. Or when you want to figure out why isn't something working, sometimes you need to listen mm-hmm. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also think, again, being trained in theater, I know about pacing. Like, I know about um, 
the like talk there's so much that like I look at these comics that don't have theater training I'm like how are you doing such a good job like yeah. I went to college for this but mm-hmm. there is something about being trained in theater that when I'm because it is theater it's a live show you need to know how to project your voice you need to yeah. know how to make sure if it's a theater that there's people to the sides that you turn and talk to them so I, I mean I think the theater background helps me so much I think it's so clear just from the ones I've, I've watched of yours that are online yeah I mean that's so that's so clear and I, I it is a confidence thing too you're saying like it's and it's not just confidence in the fake it till you make it way but like there's a confidence that lets people in that I think even if you're playing a character that's like like you're shitting on yourself and you're yeah. like you're making fun of yourself or like a character in a play that's like supposed to be super down on their luck and like not a confident person you still have to play them with confidence like there's an ultimate confidence that's behind it that we can all detect like we all know what that looks like and as far as like with stand-up like with that is like the character robin on like this the character the stand-up comedian robin Mm because when i'm up there i'm not this robin that you're talking to right now you see you know i'm a little more over the top Uh But I know that character is having fun. Like, so if I'm in a bad mood, I can't bring that on stage because yeah. that's not my character. Like, yeah. my character, the comedian Robin Shaw, is fun and happy and excited to be there. Mm-hmm. And so if I go on stage and I'm like, hey, guys, none of my jokes are going to work because that's not the character. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, again, that's with the theater background. Like, you know, even when I started theater in high school... Or, well, French Woods Camp. I know we've yeah, been talking yeah, yeah. about that. You know, they tell you you have to leave everything at the door because it's not you on stage. It's a mm-hmm. character, and you have to, like, really mm-hmm. convey that. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you kept up with the theater? Have you, like, do you do you still go frequently? Or oh, like, to all? watch theater? Yeah, yeah. yeah, So the problem is I work during the oh, theater sure. hours. Oh, it's, it's nights all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, I miss being in a play. Like, I loved being in theater like I loved it but there's no way I could do it right now Mm -hmm. because stand-up comedy is competing times and you know what I mean so when I can see a play I I try but it's it's very rare that I'm in New York City and not working oh sure because you go around all the time you're you're constantly touring yeah like how many months do you think out of the year you're not in New York I mean uh, it's not even months it's like Throughout the week, I'm not in New York. Do you know what I mean? Like, I am at least in New York maybe one, two, three days in, you know, but then I, like, I, uh, this past year, have been in 11 different countries. And I remember I was performing in the Middle East for the troops. Mm -hmm. I came home for, I was there for, like, about three weeks. There was a few different, uh, many bases. Then I came home. I had 48 hours, and then I had to fly to uh, Toronto to film a series of commercials. And I remember in those two days, I was, no, it wasn't even two full nights. It was just two full days. It was one night. My best friend calls me and she's like, hey, I know you're in for one night. I I bought tickets to Chicago for (laughs) me and my girlfriend, but she can't go. Do you want to come? And I was like, yes. And I was so jet lagged. I just landed that morning from a plane from the Middle East where I'd been sleeping like in tents. I was like, well, I'm here for a day. Let's go see Chicago. Not that I haven't already seen it 50 times, (laughs) but, you know, and so so, like I do try to fit in theater when I when I can and my parents are big musical theater people mm-hmm. so I was like brought up on musical theater I already told you I'm tone deaf so it's amazing how much I love music but you clearly are not if you're doing ukulele sets nope I am like do you want me to sing for you y- y- well <laughs> do you I think you're about to, to. I think you're about to I am um, I am so tone deaf but I I, lo- I grew up on musicals my dad is an accountant and a lot of his clients are like musicals and you know non-profit theaters and things like that so my first Broadway show I ever saw I was Four years old was the Who's Tommy, which is so oh not a kid for a kid. Yeah, like it's so yeah. not for kids. <laughs> like the, no, okay. it's but, not for adults. Yeah. Who is it for? <laughs> I don't know. But like, and I remember they got like a little boosty seat for me because I was too little, right? Oh my God. And I remember being like, this is the most amazing thing. You can be on a stage and sing and dance. And I, I was Honestly, like, four is the perfect age for the yeah. ghost, Tommy. Because you're not like... Because <laughs> you don't know the storyline. You don't line. know just, what it's... It's just fun songs. You know? It's like being high, yes. but you're four. Oh, but it really, which is the state of mind you're supposed to yeah, be it's in like to a car- It was a cartoon. There was lights yeah. and music yeah. and... Da, 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 yeah, da, da, exactly. You know? Um, and then... 
my set, like a couple months later, I saw um, Guys and Dolls. Again, not none of these were like four year old appropriate yeah, themes, yeah. but music wise, I mean, and lights and colors, and yeah, I was. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was um, tone deaf and have an awful voice. So, but I always knew I was like, I want to be a musical theater actress. You know, like I want, like I thought it would be great. I mean, comedy I love, but like musical theater was just so amazing. Yeah. And then shortly, uh, as I went to French Woods Performing Arts Camp, they'd only put me in the comedies, not in the musicals. Huh. And then uh, in high school, I got the lead in the comedies and then in the chorus in the musicals. But I didn't mind being in the chorus. I was happy. I was just, I love musical theater. When, when you got parts for, for the comedies, what, who were you playing? Like So like... Uh, like I want to see you do some Shakespeare. I actually think you'd be an amazing I Shakespeare actually, actress. Well, remember, I went to come and be a fan acting. So I was yeah, like, I'm sure studied yeah. Shakespeare in the yeah, Greeks yeah. and... And um, I've been in many a, a Shakespeare play, which is so funny because I have such a strong New York accent. And I'm like, well, that's like a little yeah. bit part of it. But also there's just like this performativity that you it's have like that I think like, that people with Shakespeare, if you get in your head about this shit, like it's not going to play. Right. And I do not see you doing that. Not like I can see you just like embodying yeah. it. You I know? always thought it was so weird how much Shakespeare I would get cast. And I'm like. Do you guys hear how I talk? Like, this is not <laughs> appropriate. But, uh, you know, I'd be the nurse or I'm the jester or whatever. Who knows what I am. But uh, so I was so, to- so toned up. This is actually a really good story. So I um, was like, I was on Periscope, which was a live streaming app that I had a very big following on. And people, like the, the fo- my fans and followers, what they, they would want to send gifts to my characters because these characters like Tony and all these characters became such regulars that they knew these characters. So I got a P.O. box and people would send props and gifts and wigs and all these stuff oh my to my characters. Okay. So I had, I had mentioned while live streaming that I love like music, I would love to learn an instrument. I, I want to learn the ukulele someday. And then I said that once. So now fast forward like two. Oh no, you got twenty ukuleles. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, sorry. Fast forward like two months. This part's a little sad, but in a, in like a three week period, my uncle passed away, who I was very close with. The following week, my boyfriend of six years wanted to move to California to be a surfer, but we're going to stay together. We've been together for six years. So we, my uncle dies. A week later, my boyfriend of long term moves across the country. A week later, I go to visit him, and he breaks up with me. So it was like three weeks of just hell. So I'm flying back from California. I'm crying the entire ride back, like on the plane, like a mad woman. And um, I get home, and there's this huge box. My brother had like taken all the PO box stuff, and uh, and I get home, and I open it, and this this guy Franklin, who was just a fan from Periscope, um, I open it, and it was a ukulele. And I, because remember, I share everything while I'm live streaming, so I had said they knew my uncle had passed, they knew my boyfriend had moved, they knew he broke up with me, right? and they knew I'm flying home crying. So I open it, and it's a ukulele. Ukulele. And the note said, uh-huh. you know, during this hard time, I hope this ukulele brings you joy. So it really did. For like a week, I just like, I learned like, well, you are my sunshine was the first song mm-hmm. I learned. Every time I started crying, I would just like play this. And okay. So then about a week later, my dad, and it was his brother who had passed. I was, I went to go visit him on Long Island and I had just learned um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but the ukulele version, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With my shitty voice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I played it for my dad and for some reason, that song was bringing him comfort. So he had me play it like over and over and over and over and over. So anyway, that night I had emailed this fan and I said, look, I just want you to know, not only did your ukulele like brought me some joy, like I just want you to know it brought my dad some joy. So just know the next day I have another package. I open it. It's a second ukulele. And the note says, this is for you to teach your father somewhere over oh, the rainbow. Oh my God. Anyway, fast forward. Me and Franklin have been together for three years, and <laughs> we're now dating. Like we started dating like a year after that. Like, had that, you met him before no, all this? No, no. Good job, Franklin. <laughs> no, and actually, we didn't meet for a couple months. I was in LA. He came to a show. Still, I just it was like a fan. Like I was like, oh, thanks so much, yeah. you know. And then, uh, but he didn't say I'm the ukulele guy. Oh no, I knew he was the oh, ukulele okay, okay, guy. Okay. Yeah, especially because I raised all this money for the Ronald McDonald House on Periscope, and he was one of the first people to buy one of. Like I did, like I was selling like props and stuff. So. Okay, so ultimately the rich husband thing is—it's <laughs> is, 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 all working out. Yeah, I mean, like that's what you do—just buy <laughs> gifts and donate to charity, and I'll fall 
in love with you. <laughs> but Evan's just been like such a sweet. But at the time, like he was in California and I was in New York, and like he actually did this stuff just to be nice. Like I don't think in his wild dreams the like this comedian from New York City will actually date him. Like I just think he happened to have been a nice human. I know I know he is because mm-hmm. I'm still dating him, and, <laughs> and the gifts have stopped, and I stayed. But I, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. So anyway, long story even longer. Uh, I started writing funny songs with the ukulele, and one time I was headlining at Caroline's on Broadway. I said, I'm gonna play this song on stage in front of a packed house, which is crazy because again, I'm not a singer mm-hmm. and I. I only know four chords on the ukulele. I think there's a charm to that. And I think you know there's a charm to that. <laughs> and not only do I only know four chords, I have not taken one lesson. I just YouTubed how do you play the ukulele. Yeah, yeah. And it worked. And so yeah. then I wrote another song. And then I wrote another song. And now singing and playing the ukulele is now part of my act. Yeah. So now yeah. I am a musical theater actress. I, you you <laughs> have completely self-actualized yeah. from... Loving musicals at four, watching sitcoms. Oh, and this is the best part. You ready? Okay, so the Chicago, I said how me and my best friend went. When we were in high school, again, we were obsessed with musicals, and we would go see Chicago. Every Saturday, you could rush tickets. For $20, you could sit front row if you got there at 5 in the Mm -hmm. morning. We did this every single Saturday. We were obsessed. And the actor who played, um, uh, who's the main uh, guy? His name's Mr. Brent Barrett. Guy, no, or the other one, the, the, um, the lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. Billy Flynn. Okay, yeah. Um, the actor was Brent Barrett, who like has done Phantom. He's like a big Broadway actor. I was obsessed with him, and I was like, "Will you take a picture?" <laughs> we wait by the uh, stage yeah, door. Yeah. Would you please you, you take a picture? Then you take a picture. You take a picture of me. Uh, I was headlining Caroline's on Broadway about a year ago or two years ago. He comes to the show, is waiting outside, you know, in the lobby. He goes, hi, can you take a picture of me? And I was like, this is a oh fun. Like, I am singing on stage. Like, I used to watch you sing on stage. Now you're watching me sing on stage on Broadway because Caroline's on Broadway. Yeah. So it's like everything just comes full circle. So to my music teacher, who thought I would never make it as a musician, <laughs> There you well, go. say it. You can say it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something more colorful, um, but that's fine. Yeah. No, I think uh, me win. Me being on Broadway me is win. enough. <laughs> me win. Me win. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me about these military tours for the for the troops. Oh, I want exact locations. <laughs> I want. <laughs> oh, I. I uh, <laughs> it's okay. I was. Um, I was live streaming the other day, and I said one of the locations. Oh, I was shit. like, oh shit! I don't think I'm, I don't think I. Uh, um, so uh, about two years ago, um, my college agent had said, "Hey, can I submit you for um, to tour for him for the troops? It's in, in uh, South Korea and Japan." Hmm. And I said, "Great, like love to." So they picked me and one guy. It's so hard to get these because you're, you have to be funny. You have to be clean. No politics. No, oh, really, like, huh. it, it, to find someone who fits the criteria yeah. to do this is very difficult. I mean, everybody's material is Trump material now, yeah. so you can't really yeah. do that. And Trump had just gone into office. Oh, it's two God. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and you have to be funny and you have to appeal to... 18 to 25 year old boys you know what I mean yeah. like that's who's yeah. you're performing for and uh, you have to be low maintenance enough because you're not being put up in the nicest places mm-hmm. sometimes most of them you're just on the base or you know so I go anyway the week I'm supposed to leave Trump tweets out little rocket man you know starting oh hell with North is, Korea you're going to South Korea yeah and so then everyone's like are you still going like what's happening like da 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 and I was like I, I guess so, you know. <laughs> so uh, we fly to South Korea. It's just me and this this other comic. And we get there. And to this day, that first show was my favorite night of my career because we get there. And this was like a training camp. So, like, there maybe have only been, like, 200 people on this whole base, if that. You know, it's definitely less. I feel like it was less. And they've been training all day. And then they go into a room I mean, you're not, these people can't see, but how big do you think this room is? I can't yeah, estimate. I, I don't know either. <laughs> not a big room, right? Not a big room. Um, I would say there's only, you could only fit about 50 people in the room, but that's as many people that were on yeah. the big. Yeah. And they all came from training, so they were all like still like dirty and like everything. And, uh, 
I mean, the, I can see why you liked it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was like, totally in it. The first comic does 45 minutes, and I do 45 minutes, and we're all laughing. It's great. Um, and I had my ukulele. And so afterwards, this com- the one of the Marines, it was all Marines. And the Marine comes up to me, and he goes, hey, um, do you want to come to the bar with us? I said, the bar? They're like, well, no, it's like, because remember, <laughs> they're on, in the middle of nowhere on this yeah. base. They're like, no, there's this little room that we call curfews, and it's a makeshift bar that we made. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, like, totally, we'll go. So, again, we went next door to this little room that totally made you, this bar. And what was so cool about this that one of the Marines told me is, because they had all this alcohol, they made a bar. Whatever you could donate that week, you could donate. Because if you had family and you had to send money home, then you couldn't give. But whatever you could give, you put in, and then they'd buy alcohol for the week. And everyone mm-hmm. just, and people would take turns being the bartender. Well, one of the Marines had a banjo, ran back to his bunker, got the uh-huh, banjo, uh-huh. came, and he's like, let's do a duet. A jam session. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, I only know four chords. He's like, that's fine. <laughs> which four yeah. chords? He goes, which four chords? I'll play them. And I have the video. Oh. So, there's, so he starts playing, I'm playing, and the two of us are doing this duet. And all these Marines are like clapping along and they're all dancing yeah, and like yeah. cheering. And there's this great video because someone like got a video of it happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just like such, we're in the middle of South Korea, in the middle of nowhere. Here I am with all these Marines playing music and dancing. You didn't even think you were there. I thought I was like in a bar, in, in a back room at a bar in New York City. Yeah, yeah. Like, and these were all young boys. Like they, it, it's, it was just such a surreal, crazy mm-hmm. moment. And uh, then I just, kept booking more and more tours and now I've been to uh, over 30 bases around wow. I think like 15 different countries or something yeah. like that yeah yeah and do, how do you find your material differing because I'm, I'm interested even just within different New York audiences yeah, or yeah. venues but like I'm sure it's a wildly different 100. reaction well, you uh it's funny, you look at a job of a comic is looking at an audience and in one second decide what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. So let's say I get on stage and I'm performing at a temple, which I get booked at a lot. So now all my jokes are going to be my clean, family-friendly jokes about my mom, jokes about being Jewish, jokes about my weight, you know. Mm-hmm. If I'm performing for a bunch of 50 Marines at age between 18 and 25, well, I'm talking about how I made it. I, you know, had sex with this guy. I had sex with that guy. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I talk about my butt. I talk about my boots. So like, they say clean, but they they just mean oh, like language clean. No, they mean because content. No, yeah, so clean temple, no politics. Temple for, clean means no sex and no cursing. Military clean means no mention of politics, uh-huh. uh, race, or religion. Huh. Interesting. You know, versus like temple, I could do as much Jewish material as I want. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'd stay away from making fun of any religion at a military base. Sure. And and they don't want to. What do you think a 19-year-old boy is going to find funny? Talking about my Jewish mother or some awkward sexual experience I had. You know? Right, right, Even you're like, I want the sexual. (laughs) (laughs) Who gives a shit about your mom? I'm not 19. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, if you're performing for- I like Jewish mom jokes If I'm performing for an audience of majority men, it would be very different than- um, um, like a, an audience of mostly women, mm-hmm. you know, it would just, you look at an audience and that's your job is to know yeah. what would the, what would these people want to hear? Yeah. Huh. When you see your fellow comics, do, do you, do you think that everyone thinks about audience that much or do you think that people question. have their like their thing? Cause uh, it seems you, you seem versatile in that you like have those different. That's a really good question. Now I'm curious. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Cause it's hard to tell just from a, a layman's perspective. Cause I don't like go to a comedy yeah. club all the time. I have been, but like I see mostly like whatever the Netflix special of the right. week or the HBO special, you know, That's a really and you're good not question. seeing the process there. You're just seeing the finished yeah. thing. But I don't know. Cause you know, sometimes I get so annoyed when I see a comic and they're bombing and they're like, well, this worked on Fallon. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not working here. Change it up. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I get so mad when I hear comics say that. So maybe they don't, I think good comics do. I think good comics will look at an audience and say, all right, I should probably do this. Or if they're, I think another job of a comic is if you're bombing, change it up. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I'll be doing material and they're not, it's not going well. I'll go, all right, time for some crowd work. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. They like crowd work. Keep doing this. Mm -hmm. So I think, but that's true. I'm, I'm interested too. I'm curious if like other comics have their set list and just do it. Mm -hmm. Or if you, uh, you know, change it up. And sometimes you, you're on stage and nothing's working. Like, yeah. 
I was once at a gig in Australia, and I had to do an hour, and they just not on board. And I got through the whole hour and 20 minutes because they weren't laughing. So I just was like going through all my material. There was nothing I could do to get them. Yeah. yeah. And that happens, you know, sometimes, it, sometimes it's them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate saying that because I'm always like, <laughs> no, it's your job as a comic. No, to, sometimes you got to let yourself yeah. off the hook and just be like, you're like, like you I'm pretty just funny. Terrible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, well, and comedy has been undergoing crazy stuff in the past couple of years. I'm sure. Like yeah. what's your perspective on like, well, uh, people being offended or... Well, or, people being offended, I mean, but also just, like, the community... Like, it's this whole male-dominated field, as with so many other fields. Right. Theater is going through its own shifts and stuff. But do you... What do you what's your perspective on those changes? Um, if there are... If you do see any changes. No, I mean, well, I, I do think there's changes in the fact that I do think more and more women are getting booked on shows. I do think there's there's change. I still think there's a long way to go. Like, I, I, I saw a comic post the other day, a woman comic, and she was like, I don't know why women complain, you know, that we don't get enough stage time. It's you then not working hard enough. And I was like, no, no, sit down. They're yeah, really, yeah, yeah. that's not it. Huh. Like, and also, like, you, I remember I was I was uh, doing a show at Caroline's, and it was called Ladies' Night with Robin Shaw, and it was an all-ladies lineup. And, and... I love Caroline's. It's one of my favorite clubs. And it killed me that that was the name of the title of the show because majority of lineups are all men and they're not called the man Man's show, night. you know, and so many times, or I just headlined, um, Syracuse funny bone on Sunday and my two openers and the hosts were women. So it was called chicks are funny instead of Robin Shaw's headlining. And yeah. so this, this is still a thing, you know? And again, these are two clubs that book me a lot and I have to really like, the, they're very female friendly shows. And, and it's just the title I have a problem yeah. with, not the club. Yeah. Cause these are clubs, remember I'm not naming the clubs that don't book female. Yeah, <laughs> these yeah, are yeah. actually clubs that are female, yeah. very friendly. Um, but yeah, I, I think it has gotten better and I still think there's, it's still a boys club. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, how is it in the music? How is it in, uh... Oh, man. It, for, for, for us, I mean, like, the performer side of things is always equal because there's always, you know, yeah. your male lead, your female lead. Right. I think there's always going to be problems, and we see this a lot with, like, the Golden Age musicals that are coming back or whatever, where it's like, oh, that was really sexist, and like, oh, cool, let's hire this man director to try and make it less so. And it's like, whoops, he failed. Oops, I guess there's nothing we right. can do about that. It's like, what if... Women directors exist. That's crazy. You know, like writers. <laughs> so, like, that's starting yeah. out. I think it's crazy. Right now, this uh, this musical, Hades Town. have you heard about this? No. Um, it just got nominated for 14 Tonys, which is, like, way more than any other show. Yeah. Um, is the most this year. It's likely to win in a bunch of those categories because usually, you know, whatever, got the right. nominations. Um, it's written by a woman, directed by a woman. It's, like, the story of Orpheus. It's this Greek tale. It's, like, not based on any, like you know, 90s rom-com, right. not to name names, but that's like half of Broadway <laughs> right now. Um, or it like seems like it from looking right, at the right, billboards yeah. or whatever. Um, so I think there's like, there's there's spots yeah. of hope like that. And honestly, like my favorite comedians for the past year or two, all oh, women, female. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, my theory with that is uh, because it's harder for women than men in the comedy world, women have to be 10 times funnier to get noticed. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's why like so many people's favorite comics are women. It's like, yeah, because they're 10 times funnier than everyone yeah. else because they had yeah. to be to get noticed. Well, I think it's this adversity thing that you're talking about too. Like with your your past and growing up and like having all this shit that you had to like work through right. or like talk to your therapist about yeah. or whatever. And that becomes a sort of uh, performative act that you build on. I, I think like your average straight white man isn't going through the type of shit that's uh, no. going to teach them some something. Right. Or, or And people are done listening to that. They were like, yeah. no, I want to hear someone that's gone through some struggle or someone yeah, that. Yeah. And I think like even with like the musicals or, or with writing or directing or anything, I think for so long, if a woman was um, to be a boss, she came off as a bitch or, oh God, she's naggy. I can't, hey, can't listen to her mm-hmm. where if a man had acted the same exact way, 
no one's saying that. They're just like, oh, he's, he's my boss. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where I think in the last couple of years, that mindset has started to change. Yeah. And women are less scared of coming off bitchy. Like, I used to want everyone to like me. And lately, I'm like, no, they have to put me up in a hotel. They have to fly me there. They have to pay me my rate. And if they don't, I'm not taking the job. Yeah. And I used to be, I used to never demand those things, which is crazy because any male actor would want, what male actor would, or comedian would ever fly themselves to a gig? Then you just lose money. Yeah. It's insane. But yeah. as a woman, we're so scared to cause waves where I think that mindset has started to change. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, no, we're a boss. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know. Definitely. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I was going to tell you some like Broadway shows you should see, but that's Wait, not uh, interesting. No, I oh, want you got to see this Oklahoma, actually. It's like very sexy. Wait, Oklahoma? Like the Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Like, like I just want, okay, no, <laughs> I just, I'm just a girl who can't say no. I'm a da 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 da. That one? I love that's the song that you <laughs> pick, first of all. Also, you're not tone deaf, which you just proved. Wait, was that good? That was great. Wait, really? Yeah, you could play it. Hold on, I'm going to sing another line for that. We'll get you in the room. Wait, well, how does that song go? I'm, I'm just, just a girl who can't, can't say no. But it's can't. Oh, can't, can't say no. I can't say no. <laughs> I know. Da, 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 da. What is it? Yeah, something what? like that. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to know. Right <laughs> Wait, so that was, would you hire me to be in it? I'm not the casting director, but, you know. Was that a no? But it's not a no. That's not a part that you have to be like a great But you're saying I'm not like, like 100% tone deaf. You're not 100% tone deaf. You're getting, notes are happening. I'm just a girl who can't say no, can't say no. I'm not a na-na-na-na. Yeah, exactly. You're doing oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Wait, I should audition for a musical. But one step at a time. <laughs> Wait, you know what would be really funny? <laughs> If we like did a hit, like let's say you're doing a musical, uh-huh. we should put a hidden camera in and have me audition for the director and not tell them that I'm tone yeah, deaf. Yeah. And just see, and then me leave. I will bring, I will, I will, That'd I have auditions so for funny. my musical in the next couple yeah. months. So I'll like bring we'll you in. we'll put like a yeah. camera on the director. I will tell them too. I'll be like, this person's this, so She's good. a ringer. Like she's it. She's yeah. going to be it. Be like, I saw her like in, and then name whatever. What, what's a like an opera musical that's like so hard to sing? Yeah, sure. You know, Phantom or yeah, something like, like, I saw she her was Christine Dyer. Yeah, <laughs> and she just, she's so good. I'm being, and, then, and then, you know, you'll be like, And well, you come sing, in and say, yeah. I can't say no. I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I email, I'll be like, You know, the da 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 Right? <laughs> you need like props? Yeah. You'll, like, I'll do props. Fully... I'll bust out like the, you know, the, what's this that square you. dance? You know, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. And then we'll put it online and then, and especially like get the director being like turning to being like, what? And you'd be like, isn't she brilliant? Oh, oh, you know, I, like you I can a hundred percent play it straight. Oh my God, that would be so funny. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're we'll doing do, it. We're totally. doing it for sure. Um, all right. Robin Shaw. Amazing. You're doing, uh, your first album recording. Yes. Uh, at guilt. It's called Guilty Pleasure. That's the title of the album. And it's, it's Guilty at the Pleasure. Triad, July 20th. The Triad Theater in 72nd. So excited. I'm going to be there. Oh, good. Yeah. There's a 7 o'clock and a 9.30. People could buy their tickets at www.robinshaw.com, which is my name, R-O-B-Y-N-S-C-H-A-L-L. We'll put the link in there. Yeah. Um, tickets are go- I'm shocked to say that tickets are going because I thought, like, it's so far in advance. July 20th is a couple months away. Well, we want to be on the album. I want to yeah. shout rude things. Exactly. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was like, oh. Okay, well, usually for shows, people buy like two weeks beforehand, but tickets are going. So I'm like very excited. So if you want to come, definitely get tickets. Uh, You'll be on the album and uh, it's going to be a great show. Great. Can't wait. Thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you for having me. And I'll, you know, looking forward for the audition. Oh, oh, (laughs) it's 100% happening. And we'll we'll post that on Theater Hound too. (laughs) Thanks, Robin. Thank you.